0: thought that it would be really good as an actress to be able to play a truly good, unlikable woman. To have that freedom. Okay, like who do you
1: have in mind?
0: Well I think of, for example, Claire Underwood in House of Cards. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. Did you have someone in mind? Well I'm thinking of characters who are so confident that they're almost off-putting. Yeah, but maybe it's because we're not used to seeing them. So it like, becomes admirable. Yeah, yeah. So it's admirable. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So it's an aspirational character. But I, I gotta say, Gina in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the, the ah. character played by Chelsea Peretti, the 100 who's, emoji in human form. Yes.
0: Kia hello and welcome to this episode of Play Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Duncan. And I'm also your host, Alison Horsley. And we're both dramaturgs, meaning we read a lot of plays.
1: We've likely read the plays you feel you should have, but didn't. And
0: that's where Play Notes comes in. And today, we're not just talking about the final of our three monologues, but also our final for season one. Yeah. <laughs> we are talking about... Flea bag. flea bag by Phoebe Waller Bridge, yes. which is another phenomenal monologue. Yes, and carries on quite nicely from what we talked about last time, which was the vagina monologues. And you should definitely go back and listen to that one.
1: Of course. And the one before, End of, of the God of Weather,
0: if you haven't already. Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we've got so with Phoebe Waller Bridge, we've got our youngest playwright, uh, which is kind precocious. Of- Yes. very precocious she's born Before in my... 1985 oh stop it i know right like i remember 1985 <laughs> anyway uh so yeah so this started out as a uh a monologue just a it was a, a 10 minute character sketch mm-hmm. and then it evolved over time and uh, it ended up she took it to the edinburgh french festival where so were so many plays um, you know, see the light of day, day. and then and then launch. Some f- don't. Yeah, that's true. That is very some true. just yeah. They, some they'd be, they'd die be the on very the very last
0: ray of sunshine they ever saw, if they were lucky.
1: Yeah, yeah. But so this is a new this is a new ass play. Yes. So this is a this hit in 2013 mm-hmm. at Edinburgh Fringe, and then
0: and there's similarities with this work with um end of the golden weather in terms of where we're talking about you know works being. Um, produced for pragmatic or practical mm-hmm. means. You know, the, the, the writer-performer creates yep. this part for themselves to perform. Yeah, and in the there. case of
1: all three of these monologues, that's that's been the case. And mm-hmm. that's certainly the, the case with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So she's a trained actor. She had gone to RADA. Yes. So yeah, she's creating a character. Well,
0: it was almost exactly a year ago we saw the National Theatre Live um, production of this. Yeah, yeah. And it, again, a bit like the other two monologues, it can be performed very simply. She yes. just sat in a chair. Yeah. Sometimes she got out of the chair a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there was some recorded voiceover of the, the characters, but really it was just her...
1: Talking to an audience. Yep. so yep. super, super slim down, and now there's there's also a TV series of which it, which I haven't seen, but you have. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit more involved, but she still retains a lot of the characteristics, I think, of the stage show. Mm-hmm. Like so, basically, instead of playing, you know, to the audience, she's she's playing to the camera. camera? Okay, yeah, so it, so it feels quite actually, it feels quite similar. Okay. Um to me. So it's not a total transformation of the story or anything like that. So Alison, what's the gist of the story? So we so we start the story she's uh, at an interview for a job. Mm-hmm. And she starts. This is a woman in her twenties, we assume. Yeah, yeah, woman in her twenties. Um, we never learn s- a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, we should just assume her name is Fleabag, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so she's interviewing for a job with with a man um, who's had some issues of sexual harassment or, or inappropriateness in the in the workplace. So right off the bat we kind of get these these taboos out there. We know that we're talking about current but back society. Back to the taboos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Vagina, <laughs> just because we can. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so she, so there's this interview, and she kind of starts talking and, and talking about her life, I guess. Um, and we learn in the course of it, and this is going to be big, fat spoiler alert. Big, flat, flat, and fat, uh, yeah. and flat, all of the above, spoiler Forties. alerts. Yeah. Um, boom. Boom. Um, that she, we learned that she's recovering from the death of her, her best friend, Boo, um, with whom she ran a Guinea pig themed cafe. Mm-hmm. And this is in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she owns this cafe and and she works in it. She's the sole person there. Um, and it it's became, not doing
0: great business.
1: It's this not is doing great she did business. Why at the job interview? Yeah, particularly yeah, particularly since Boo died. Because everybody knows of it. You know, it was like the death cafe basically because Boo died. So and it became a guinea pig themed cafe after Boo after uh she flea bag had given Boo a gift of a guinea pig. Yes. basically. So and the guinea pig's name is Hillary. Yes. Um, again, spoiler. Uh, Hillary. Anyway, uh, so it becomes a guinea pig ha- a themed cafe, and they so, have their regulars, and they have their regulars, and and we learn the course of it. We learn a few things. We we learn that Fleabag tends to turn a lot to sex. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. She's uh physically I don't know a little bit insecure, but also occasionally confident. Um. You know she's dating a lot. She also has a boyfriend. On and off. Uh, she's got some family issues. Um, oh, her I,
0: mother has died. Her, yeah,
1: her mother's died.
0: Uh, she's she got a rather thorny relationship with her sister.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also a problematic relationship with her dad uh, a bit too. And, and stepmother. Um, and this is a
0: good place to talk about, you know, constructing a character with whom the audience will have empathy. Mm-hmm. But they're on the face of it not necessarily
1: likable. Yeah, yeah, and I think they, I think we, Fleabag, she manages to to evoke our empathy by at least to my mind by showing us a character who is clearly seeking comfort and pleasure from something that she keeps not getting. Like she's getting it momentarily, but clearly she keeps searching, and she keeps falling to the self destruction. Yeah, yeah, and it's all self destructive. and also kind of intentionally uh, destructive to other people or intentionally pushing them away. Yes, and I
0: think um, something else I find really sk- handled quite well in the script is that um, she, Phoebe Waller-Bridge gets the balance between on one hand, there is this character who seems brutally honest, mm-hmm. who's ready to you know, just burn down every taboo. Mm-hmm. But you also, as audience... Let's go, are they actually being truly honest with me? Mm-hmm. And that's something that had me really invested in the piece. Yeah, yeah. So there's little flags. Not... I don't know what they are, but I'm like, uh, there's something else going on here and we need to mind
1: that. Yeah. So she's very honest about the little things. Mm-hmm. And then we discover by the end that she's been a bit withholding about some of the big things. Yes. And and, and that that big thing, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert, uh, being the fact that she had slept with Boo's boyfriend or, or partner, and that is why Boo uh, suicided, Suicide. um, and so she's actually responsible for Boo's death. Mm. Uh, and in the course of the other, the other spoiler with all of this is in the course of the play, Fleabag is having a liaison in the cafe uh, with a with a man. Um, who injures? She met on
0: the tube. Yeah, in yeah. Who's
1: who's described as kind of rodent-like, right? Isn't he the rodent guy? Yeah, I think so. Um, and yeah, so he so he gets scared by the guinea pig, not realizing quite what, what it is. Yeah, uh, and and in and, the half light, yeah, in the half light, <laughs> and injures the guinea pig, and then over time, to- and then like like uh, some time passes, and finally uh, the the character Fleabag. Uh, basically euthanizes the guinea pig mm. by crushing it to death. So, spoiler alert. Sorry, it she it crushes a guinea pig to death. Um, on Are we stage. selling it, Allison? It's 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 a lovely moving kind of age. But, yeah, no. It's well, it's it's Rate heartbreaking because it's so it's so funny, and you know why she's doing it. Mm-hmm. And by by killing the guinea pig, she's she's like torturing herself or. You know it's just the so feel- last connections to Yeah it's to her, it's friends. the last connection to Boo that she's that she's destroying but in a in a gener not even generous but but yeah mm. humane wanting to be good kind of way you guys can't see how much I'm trying to gesture mm. with my left hand is a how lot I'm screwing there's so up. much <laughs> 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 there's so much gesturing but no it's like she's she's trying to do the right thing but it's just and this horrible. is what the drama does
0: it expresses these things
1: it does a lot better like than cut. a lot better than me but that was that was in reading the play i i almost I, I gotta admit i was almost more horrified by the guinea pig's death than i was the fact that she had slept with boo's partner okay but you saw that coming right
0: yeah i i well I at least had a not the, th- the not first the first time pig's when she death, told us boo's, about boo's death yeah um, I was like, oh, and I don't think you're giving us the full story here. Mm. See, it's you've got that histogram.
1: playwright brain, possibly. Like, I knew that something was going on, but I didn't know what it was. Okay, but I think you had more of a an, of an intuition of the causality, right? But it. it
0: was handled really well. Yeah, you know, you know, when you're watching a some clunking awful thing you know, on TV or what have you. And you go, oh, that was so bloody obvious. You just can yeah. see everything happening a mile away. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like that. Yeah. It's it's handled in such a way that you
1: become more invested. Yes, you want to lean in. Yes. Even though she is an off-putting character in some ways. Yeah. Um, because, But you want to go along for that ride. Yeah, yeah. You're along for the ride by the time it's happening. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, and then by the end, I would say we're still in it with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's still a kind of likable character, even though... You know, you kind of hope things will work out for her, yeah, sort of yeah, but Be- well, because now you uh, she's been fully honest like I think she's shown all of her cards by mm-hmm. the end of the of the play and that's the difference I think between empathizing with a character as
0: opposed to having to like them or yeah. was pitying them
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah now I wanted to talk about with this script because it is it's quite different in how it reads than the mm-hmm. other two monologues. Um, and that it does read a lot more like a, a contemporary stage script. Yeah, okay. And, and then, how and do it, you mean? Well, there's a few terms that we haven't really referred to before. Um, and they're much more apparent in the script of Fleabag. Um, for example, beats and pauses. Which, you know, you might think of, um, some people might just think, oh, aren't they just sort of silences or are they violence. the same thing are they the same thing yeah Or you know a beat moment is shorter than a pause they're all a form of an action of a sort you know whether mm-hmm. it's a change in thought or something physically yeah and that's a key thing
1: yeah, yeah yeah that they're all an action as opposed to just a silence
0: yes and, and you were asking me earlier you know i it's, when i'm redrafting scripts one thing i'm doing is you know those beats and pauses play into the rhythm and the tension and the energy of a script um you know they're they're intrinsic mm-hmm. to the work yeah and you see them a lot more in contemporary plays you know um you know Harold Pinter was sort of considered the yeah the master of the the pause and, and there's lots you can go into about that um, but often you see more in contemporary scripts, they'll have at the start um, almost like a table or a key as to you know the different symbols that indicate different pauses and mm-hmm. overlaps, you know, like whether it's a forward slash or an ellipsis and and such like. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, flea bag has them and that's right you are because I'm, I'm going all around you're asking me like when, when do you put them in you know yeah. is it like when you get to draft seven you say right now i'm gonna slot in my beats and pauses and silences but i i see it as something you hone as you go through yeah and, as you're listening to the
1: music or as you're yeah, kind of creating yeah, the rhythm of the piece yeah
0: and you know sometimes on draft four you might go no i don't actually need that silence that's too much Um, I need to tighten that up or actually I do need more to happen here um, in terms of giving it space Mm -hmm. so space or silence is not empty in a script Mm -hmm. there is always something going on Mm -hmm. Um, and and this is where you know we think about subtext what is not specifically said as well but what is actually happening under the woods,
1: which is amazing in a play like this, because it's a one-person show. So it's not even the un- it's not even the tension between two characters. Mm-hmm. In this case, maybe it's the tension between. The character in the revealing. audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's that push and pull of what do I tell and what do I hide? Yeah. And oh, that's what that takes us back
0: dramatic irony. Yes. That's what we do. dramatic irony. And that moment, I said, you know, early on where she first tells the story of her friend Boo dying, and that's where, you know, a red flag popped up for me. Mm-hmm. Hello, there's more to this. <laughs> yeah. I think I know you're something. more implicated in this than you're yeah. letting on I don't know how yet uh-huh and yeah in a way that is a f- almost a form of dramatic irony there's this play with the character yeah. on stage like thinking I know something that you don't or you want to believe that I don't at this point
1: yeah yeah well why is this so in addition to her being a, a- not classically unlikable character, but a, you know, a character who's not like she's not trying to get us to love her. She's not. She's not after being America's sweetheart mm-hmm. or England's sweetheart or whatever, whoever <laughs> yeah. sweetheart. But why is this a why is this an awesome play? I think like, to again, uh, well, there's there's
0: an, an apologetic element, yeah. to it. Um, the messiness of true human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that, that play with empathy, the humor. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking hilarious in places.
1: Yeah. Well, yep. because she's so honest. She's more honest. She's the extreme version of of any of us in some ways, or at least I hope that she is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, but she's, she's um, you know, so often you see these bad boy characters, you know, particularly in, in, I don't know, not as recently, but in in movies in probably, what, the 90s, maybe the early 2000s, these kind of, like, bad boy womanizing kind of, like, smooth characters. And finally you see a woman on stage who is doing that, right? She's, like, sleeping with different people. She can be self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah. It's not just all a strut. Right, yeah. It's like, watch
0: me fall on my face as well.
1: Yeah, and and one thing that you had joked about is if it's if it's a play for the Sex and the City generation, which I think I the, said that about vagina monologues. Oh my just, gosh, that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Whereas this is this is a step past that yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've evolved. But, yeah, but Sex and the City, I think, kind of unlocked the door for this mm-hmm. as well as did the vagina monologues for yes. sure.
0: Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on whether people should stay away from the series
1: before they've read the play or does it matter? Just get in there and enjoy it. I ooh, I don't know. I Because I, my experience with the play was reading it and then seeing the National Theatre Live mm-hmm. version and then seeing the TV version. Okay. So that's kind of the way that I would recommend experiencing it because then for me, once I've seen it, that tends to be the picture that I have in my head of it. So I enjoyed that I was able to read it first and then see her do it, because then I was able to make those connections between what I was imagining in in the reading and then seeing what the reality of that original production was. So I think if you had to to pick between seeing the the National Theatre live version or reading it, I would say... You you can pick one of those and then do the TV series, but I wouldn't say just do the TV series. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's something about watching her National Theatre Live version of it that feels, it feels, you're seeing the real thing, right? I mean...
0: Yeah, and I would say, you know, anyone who is interested in writing monologues, this would be a good one to pick up mm-hmm. to see... What a contemporary monologue can look like on the page, yeah. As well, yeah. It's a good read, yeah. And with that, should we finish with our our favorite things from oh. Fleabag?
1: Oh yeah. Um, and mine
0: was um, whether you read it or see it, this is so good. The description of her sister wearing lycra.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite thing about the play is her um, her, her sense of comic timing in the way that she will she'll say, you know, and so I so I wanked. So she, you know, masturbated. And you have a sense that she's alone in the room. And then she says, and then I kissed my boyfriend, Harry, goodnight, and I went to bed. So it's it's like the revelation of, of the rest of the picture. Yeah. It's after like zooming out. Yeah, zooming out, which I l- love. Um, and I sorry, I just ran that joke for you guys. But it was it's really good. And it's a good way to eat.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening to this first season of Play Notes podcast.
1: Yes, thank you, thank you. Good nice. to see us again. Hooray ra.